The Superpowers of the Soul Channel is brought to you by Superpower Experts. Visit superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers today. You're listening to Superpowers of the Soul with Tonya Dawn Rackler and the Superpower Experts. Blessings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Superpowers of the Soul. This is Amorakai, and I'm so very happy to be here with you all today, talking about the art of spiritual leadership with our fabulous guest, Christoph Melchizedek. Christoph is an entrepreneur, he's a speaker, a shamanic facilitator, and highly sought-after leadership coach. He's also a dad, a husband, and a man that believes that creating a conscious community of change really starts in our hearts and our homes. He's spent 30 years working with Fortune 500 executives, pro athletes, entrepreneurs, and all kinds of experts in health, performance, healing arts, psychology, and leadership. He is the founder of both The Evolutionaries, a transformational program that supports leaders and entrepreneurs to evolve their consciousness and enhance their energetic intelligence so they can build teams that change the world, and the Neo-Shamanic Society, a school that develops incredible Neo-Shamanic facilitators and healers that evolve our people and our planet. He's been coined a spiritual futurist because he has such a gift in translating ancient spiritual teachings in new and practical ways. I know Christoph to be a deeply caring soul who also knows how to have a ton of fun. He is so absolutely devoted to his beautiful family, who I just adore, and to the conscious evolution of our precious planet and every single being on it. He really has this heart of gold and his passionate nature just pours right out of him. And I'm so glad that he's here with us today. So Christoph, welcome to the show, love. Uh, thank you so much, Amorakai. It's such a pleasure to be with you here again. It's been a little bit of time since you last connected, so it's wonderful to be uh, in this flow with you and, of course, all your wonderful listeners. So hello, everyone. Mm, absolutely. It's so wonderful to be here all together. And I'm so excited to be having this conversation about the art of spiritual leadership with you today. It's uh, it's always, I think, always been a hot topic for me, for sure. And I suspect we're going to do some real deep diving into it today. And I know you have so much wisdom to share, uh, which I'm very excited for. But, 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 but before we dive right into that, let me just start us off by asking you our favorite question around here and let the listeners get to know you a little bit. And that is, what is your superpower of the soul these days, Christoph? And how are you using it for good right now? <laughs> okay, great question. Well, I believe, I believe that my superpower is uh, my consciousness and my ability to work my, let's call it more multidimensional consciousness or my higher mind, you know, the higher aspects of myself and to see the bigger picture of what's playing out at any one time, both at the micro level and the macro level. So hopefully today we'll put that into good use and share some more visionary perspectives on the changing tide of how leadership is changing and evolving and needs to change and evolve given the technological developments we're having at our first footsteps right now. Mm, can you see how good it's going to be, everyone? It's going to be so good. I'm so excited for what you have to share. And yeah, thank you for speaking to the technological advancements and everything that's going on. 
in conversations that I've been having with people lately, it's it's really high on their mind and on their hearts where we're headed and what are the the best guidelines for us to co-create that world that that lives in the hearts of so many of us that we really do want to create given everything that's going on. So excited to dive into this with you, Christoph, and get this conversation going without interruption. So I think we'll go ahead and take our short break now. And just before we do, where's the best place for people to go to connect with you? Well, if you uh, you know listen to this uh, podcast and afterwards you feel, you know what, I'd love to learn a little, a little bit more about that. I created a uh, little special link for all your superpowers listeners. You can go along to christoph.love forward slash superpowers and uh, there's a gift there called the Evolutionary Leadership Manifesto, and it goes into much more detail on some of the topics that we'll be discussing today, and you can go and get the uh, the download uh, on this new evolving leadership that needs to happen to coexist and co-create with this developing um, technology that's happening in the world of blockchain and the world of artificial intelligence what is needed more than ever, not just for people with fancy titles, but for every single people, people at home, people who are growing families, people in different places of society. This new type of leadership is not top-down, but it's rather than hierarchical, it's more synarchy. We're moving from hierarchy to synarchy and sovereignty and how you at home are able to bring that forth into your everyday life and be part of the change that creates a catalyst for the sweeping change in consciousness happening the planet. Christoph.love forward slash superpowers, and you can get your evolutionary leadership manifesto. It's a manifesto not for leaders with fancy titles, but for everyday people such as you who want to be a change in the world. Mm, Yes, please. How generous, how wonderful. Thank you so much for offering that. And I highly encourage everybody listening to go take a look. I'm excited to to get into it. So everyone, Stay tuned. You are not going to want to miss this. You are listening to Superpowers of the Soul here on the Superpower Network, and we're going to be right back to get deep into the art of spiritual leadership with Christoph Melchizedek in just a moment. Stay tuned. Hello, everyone. I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Director of Superpower Experts. If you're ready to activate your superpowers and turn your lifetime journey into the journey of a lifetime, go to superpowerexperts.com and get started today. Welcome back, everyone. This is Amorakai, and if you're just tuning in, today we are talking with Christoph Melchizedek about the art of spiritual leadership. Christoph, just before the break, you shared that you you created a link for everybody to go to, to so kindly to uh, receive the Evolutionary Leadership Manifesto that goes a little bit deeper into some of the topics we're going to be diving into today. And I know this is a subject that we are both passionate about, you know, leadership, evolving leadership. Christoph, before we we talk about it and go into some of what you're going to share today, can you just tell us to start us off, why are you so passionate about this? Well, there's a very simple uh, saying I have, leader of one, leader of many. If you can't lead one, you can't lead any. The most importantly thing right now we need in this time and this age that we're in is for everyday people such as ourselves to collectively dream a better dream, to have a better vision of the world, and then to live our life in such a way that we're bringing it forward uh, into into reality. But for that to happen, one must evolve and evolve and change into, we must become the being that we vision ourselves to be that can do the thing we want to do. 
And much of this requires us and our own ability to evolve ourselves and to turn ourselves into the highest vision we have of ourselves so that we can create a change. And I know that many people around the world right now are longing for the world to be different than it is. And it's not up to leaders in the old, uh, you know, type of function of leaders, people with fancy titles or people at the top of a corporation or people at the top of a government. Those are the ones who are not going to lead us where we need to go. It is everyday people at the grassroots who lead the way in their own community. That is going to be the catalyst of change. And that is really where it all begins. It begins in our hearts and our homes and moves outward from there. Mm. So powerful, so powerful. And so you talk about evolutionary leadership, yeah? Mm -hmm. Can you just explain the term a little bit? Where did that come from for you? Yeah, well, evolutionaries uh, for me, let me maybe just spend a moment on describing what maybe I I see an evolutionary, you know, as, you know, who who are who are the uh, evolutionaries and these are everyday everyday people who who just desire to see the world to be the new better place. And the fabric of it comes from this need to cultivate evolution in ourselves. And the only way we're going to change the world is by evolving ourselves. As we change our consciousness, as we evolve ourselves to a higher uh, a higher uh, mindset, a higher consciousness, we start to see the interconnectedness in society. Evolutionaries are people who are uh, someone who's dedicated to advancing the evolutionary process for themselves, for their family, for their community, and ultimately the planet. And, and, and they play a really important role in creating um, collective change in their community, in their homes, and then beyond that, if they can grow their consciousness to a point where they can start to influence others. Influence in this new age doesn't come from coercion, but it comes from inspiration, which means in spirit, they're guided by a purpose. They are fueled by a shared vision for a better world. And, and, and they know that this is their time and they're ready to step up and they're ready to create the planet that they can proudly leave their children. Because I know that Many people are concerned about the direction of where our planet is going right now. I know that many people had difficult times through pandemics and lockdowns, and they and they didn't view this totalitarian model as a way that necessarily we want to collectively go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, many people have this vision that we humans can create, you know, a harmonious, peaceful, unified, inclusive, cooperative, prosperous, and environmentally sustainable society. And many people um, know that that that's a vision that we all wish to hold, but it starts with one. <laughs> it starts with them. <laughs> you know, it spreads from there, and it's not going to come from you know uh, global leaders, you know, in Davos uh, speaking about you know ways that they can collectively create change. It's mm-hmm. going to come from the bottom up, not from the top down. And and this is this this concept of you know evolutionary leadership is people taking personal responsibility for leading themselves and their families and their community into a vision of a better world and this is not some sort of society sanctioned leadership whether it's politics or corporate or corporations or educational government but mm-hmm. it's it's really you know at the grassroots uh it's in the office it's in the home it's it's everywhere you go you you w- build a new higher consciousness one that's moving from mind to heart mind and entering into the intelligence of the heart and understanding that all of our systems are interconnected. 
you know that the, the corporation that's polluting is is is, is contributing to the environment, and, and every single individual has a role to play to steer all of our families, our communities, and our organisations into a better way that's in harmonic resonance with a sustainable, you know, evolutionary planet. So evolutionaries and evolutionary leadership are people who wish to evolve themselves into higher consciousness and understand that everything is unified and everything is connected. And when we understand that, we naturally want to uh, walk a higher line of how we leave our footprint in the world, both at home, both in our community and in the environment and the, and the world around us. So that's who the evolutionaries are. And evolutionary leadership is simply living in alignment with those higher principles and living the best you can in that way. And that's really the way that change happens, isn't it? Change that is lasting, right? Like from the yeah. bottom up, those grassroots movements, those are where real change happens. When those individuals uh, come into it the way that you're talking about and they lead their families or they uh, lead themselves in that way. And then we all come together. It just reminds me of all the cells in the body, you know, working towards uh, a common vision and a common goal of the best expressed health of our body system. And in our case, our planet. And you're right. You don't do harm when you feel the interconnection of all things. It's impossible. You, you would be harming yourself. And yet the way that we have been living up until now, it's very separatist. And it's very easy to do harm the way we've cut it out. I love this. I love this already. I knew I would. Part of the issue, of course, is corporations don't have a soul. So the, yeah. they, they exist for the sole purpose of making profit for shareholders. And so that needs to change, that, that the, the intention behind uh, corporations. And this is what evolutionary leadership is about, is bringing for purpose and profit you know, together in a way that's harmoniously uh, you know, infused in with how we view the world in, in the future. Uh, and so, you know, and in, in, in order to lead like this, um, we have to move from hierarchy to synarchy. The, the, this linear top-down hierarchical management uh, is, is an outdated system of organization because there's a consciousness now that's here in the planet that, that is allowing uh, self-organizing principles when people are aligned to a purpose. And so this new leadership paradigm is, is a model of co-creative organization that encourages individual perspectives, but welcomes group collaborations and, and values diverse contributions. And what's really exciting for me as a spiritual futurist is seeing the technology actually catch up with these principles right now. Because this uh, the, the blockchain phenomena has meant that we've got uh, distributed systems where the power is now held at the periphery, not the center. Uh, and so basically people voting uh, get to vote uh, on, on, on the blockchain for certain directions and, and, and things to happen in the future. This is going to change the way our entire society is organizing itself down the line. Now, built at the same time of that, we have artificial intelligence. And I don't know if you've been tracking this, but mm -hmm. you know, just a few short months ago, a, uh, a technology emerged called ChatGPT, which has been the fastest growing technology of all time. It went from zero to 100 million users in four weeks. Mm -hmm. This is a crazy exponential curve up. But what this is doing, is it's allowing the processes that it's going to sort of bring and the change it's going to make means that organizations will be able to move 
from that hierarchical model into flat organizations where smaller groups of people are going to be able to work together. And so for the first time, really, society has the technology with us that is going to allow us a complete new model of organizing ourselves. And therefore, as a consequence of that, there has to be a whole new way of leading uh, within that. You can't lead top down anymore when the technology allows us to be organizing ourselves in a flat system. So mm. this perspective and evolutionary leadership, the many lead themselves who are inspired and aligned to a vision. And, and it's the vision and the intention of the vision that creates the organizational field. And this is a principle known as uh, you know morphogenic fields. You may okay. have... You may know this from Rupert Sheldrake, uh, who uh, you know created the morphogenic field um, concept. Mm-hmm. But essentially what this means is that these fields of energy, people will feel purposely connected to them and they will allow themselves to enter into coherence and right relationship with the intention of the project, of the vision, and ultimately the planet and the whole system where things begin to autocorrect and regenerate themselves. And in order to do this, Um, what the invitation is for people at home is to evolve themselves from an egocentric standpoint to a soul-centric vision, i.e. to move past our egoic deficiencies into the inspiration of the soul, which is really here to serve others, to be authentic, to preserve life, to feel abundant, to feel community connection, belonging, and a collective organization that comes from a heart of pure potential and to recognize the interconnectedness of the individual, the whole, and how we all move together. So, you know, we can have profits, but we can also have purpose. And as we turn our attention away from motives solely driven by profits, which is graded corporate corruption and corporate um, pollution, and a whole lot of, let's say, let's call it um, egoic uh, issues, as our society continues to evolve in spirit and in consciousness, we can enter into right relationship with our corporations, with our organizations, with our community, with our governments, with our environment, as our projects become actually a synergistic part of the whole. And ensuring our projects and creations are for the benefit of humanity, this new type of leader will need to foster healthy relationships with the entire ecosystem of the local community, thereby enhancing collaboration and cooperation and being intricate, understand they're an intricate part of the whole ecosystem, not a separate entity cut off from anything else. So, you know, we are, if we're not entering into a, a direction that we can begin to harmonize the entire uh, our society and our planet by seeing the bigger picture and vision of things, these destructive practices and destabilizing relationships that are happening are going to create gross destruction on our planet. So humanity has this choice. We're either going to evolve into this direction or we're going to probably die out as a species as our planet autocorrects and shakes off these little cells of the body. Just in the metaphor that you gave before, Amorakaya, which I loved, was that a uh, cancer cell in the cell, a healthy functioning, everybody's got cancer cells inside them. Mm-hmm. The difference is, is that a, a healthy function immune system can identify that and can uh, generate a, a response that removes that um, cell out of the body uh, so it doesn't become a problem. Uh, the problem in, 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 with cancer cells is that when enough of them clump together and it performs a bit of a tumor, the tumor does not know it's at one with the body. And that's what a cancer cell is. A cancer cell is a non-self cell. It does not know it's at one with the body. Any company or organization that is does not know it's at one with the earth 
is like a cancer in this in this metaphor and needs to autocorrect itself and to be in this new alignment so that we can be in at one with the body, in this case, our, our planet, and know that we are at one with it and we are living with it. And if she has decides that it's time to get rid of some of these uh, cancerous pieces, it can flick us off <laughs> whenever it likes. <laughs> so yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. The invitation is to, is to make the shift right into a into higher consciousness to see the interconnectedness between things and and then this requires um individuals uh in our and any of the listeners here to take often brave steps and and many many people had to deal with this when we were going through the pandemic they had to make very difficult decisions for their families based upon their values many people left their jobs because they did not want to get a vaccination uh, many people, have, you know, and it doesn't. It's not just about that. It's about anything that's your in your value compass, your principles. Yeah. Sometimes evolutionary leaders have to make um, tough decisions in life that are based upon their values of how they see the world to be better. Mm-hmm. And all the request is, is that every person, you know, tunes into their value compass and just check is it aligned with the evolving uh, evolution of our planet. And to allow oneself to make decisions from this value compass that sets itself in alignment with a uh, with a world that's working more harmonically, better together. Mm. Yeah. Oh, so beautiful! I could just sit and listen to you talk for days. <laughs> I don't have to say anything. It's so powerful, so beautiful, yeah, so well said. I just love it. But I am going to circle back because I can envision me sitting at home listening to this podcast or out walking around plugged in and I'm tweaking back to in order to evolve ourselves, those of us sitting at home, the move is from our egocentric selves to soul centric selves. And my first question is great, Krista, how? Perfect. What does that look like? What do I do? So I love Tell it when me. the rubber, when the lover <laughs> rubber meets the road, so to speak. How do I take action? on mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your forte? Well, so please <laughs> lay yes. it out. So the first thing is that you need to have a vision of a, of a better, of a better way of, of a better world. But you know, sometimes when you look down the whole planet, the problems seem insurmountable, but start with yourself. How, do, how do I vision my life to be? And you use the inspiration of your vision as a motivational driving force to take action. Right. Now, once you've got a vision of your direction and how you may contribute to to the world in a better place, for some, it may be being the best mum I can because I'm a stay-at-home mum and I need to bring my children up in the best way. And to be honest with you, that is the most important role on the planet right now is to bring in healthy, emotionally connected uh, and balanced children for the future. That is the most important role on the planet. Um, and 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 then how do I then become that? Well, of course, what we do is that any time that we are triggered, this is where overcoming the egoic deficiencies reside. Okay, and in order to fulfil your vision of the world and bring it into the world, we don't necessarily. Uh, there's two paths that we need to walk, and there's the external path of creating our vision. And this is kind of often your steps and sequences of a project, of an idea, of anything you need to do. But the point of the how of what you can do right now comes in the second vision, the the second path. And that is the internal path you have to take. So there's the external journey and the internal journey. And the internal journey is turning yourself into the person that can do it. Mm. How do I do that? It starts by identifying your triggers. 
Find out where you're upset, angry, pissed off, frustrated, you know, any of these things. Anytime someone triggers you, it is not them. It is a wounding inside of you. It is an unhealed wound that is sitting there festering that then gets triggered by a response that sets in your thoughts and feelings. So what happens is that when your thoughts and feelings kick off that are irritating, frustrating, angry, because someone said something or someone did something or something happened, you have to go through a process of taking personal responsibility and to know that life does not happen to me, it happens through me. And the reason I am feeling these things is simply because there's unhealed wounding inside of myself, which is kicking off right now. So what you need to do is you need to go through a process of reverse engineering your irritations and upsets so you can kind of get down to what I might call the core. How do we do that? Well, when you're triggered, you, you feel a uh, and sense an irritation. Um, and you tune into the thoughts and the feelings, and then you write those down. Underneath your thoughts and your feelings, there must be some sort of um, belief that 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 created the thoughts and the feelings. What is the what must I believe for me to think and feel these things? What are my beliefs? Write down all your beliefs. Then, when you've got your beliefs written down, underneath that you want to tune in to hmm. Why do I have that belief? What has been the unmet need or the direct trauma that maybe created this belief in the first place? Because the beliefs you have are the beliefs you inherited. They might not be true beliefs of how the world actually is, but the filters of how you believe the world to be based upon your programming and conditioning uh, of your family, of how you grew up in the world. You often inherit many of your beliefs your parents have, and they inherited from their parents. So you are literally looking through the eyes often of your ancestors and not even necessarily seeing with authentic eyes. So as you do this deeper inquiry work of wading through the thoughts and the feelings, the beliefs underneath that, the unmet need or the direct trauma, underneath that, you start to get close to the wound. And the wound is the unhealed piece of emotional discordance that still sits in your system. It's the unhealed emotion which is still there. And that unhealed emotion uh, and pain that has not been released in your system sits there as an, as a, <laughs> uh, as an attractor field. What do I mean by that? Many of you will be aware of the uh, one of the natural laws in the world. There's about 75 natural laws that I've tracked. One of them is called the law of attraction. What is inside of you you attract? What does that mean? You end up attracting the very pain you have inside of yourself uh, through the law of attraction by attracting other people who can trigger that pain. And you end up attracting people at person after person, triggering the same wound until you heal the wound. Perhaps I can give an example to bring it to life. <laughs> Let's say uh, you're a young girl and you were brought up in a family and your father was quite abusive. Um, both towards your mother and uh, uh, which you witnessed, and you witnessed an abuse going on. Uh, plus, he was uh, unfaithful to your mother. Uh, you could sense he was having affairs as a young girl. And then when you were about six years old, seven years old, he left. He left home and he, he formed his own um, relationship. You, you got to stay with him in the weekends, every second weekend, uh, and he had different girlfriends, um, and it was the same type of pattern going on. 
Then as you grow older and you uh, the young child, young girl grows into an adult, she has a wounding with the father. And the father wound, uh, or, or the um, let's call it the um, unhealed uh, masculine, the wounded masculine, was a, an abusive uh, archetype. And so she carries uh, the archetype inside of her, the, this, this wounding, uh, with the masculine. So therefore, what does she end up attracting as her primary relationships as she grows older? Mm-hmm. Abusive men, right? And, and, and therefore, any man that comes into her life that holds any of that type of energy automatically triggers there's emotional reactions around rejection, around pushing it back, around not wanting to be, um, you know, um, uh, having that energy come into them. So immediately there's this kind of retraction of that energy that then is, but until she heals the wounding with the father, she will keep attracting these type of men in her life because that is the core wounding vibration that still sits in her energetic field as a signature of attraction until she heals it. And so the irritation of the thoughts and the feelings that keep coming up will keep coming up until the wounding is healed. Once the wounding is healed, then the reactions stop. And therefore, also what happens is that she stops attracting those same type of men. And she will end up attracting a a new uh, type of man who is maybe more in the healed state of the masculine, not in the wounded masculine. And so you're asking, how do we change the world? We literally change the world by changing ourselves, by doing the inner work that prevents us from reacting, being so reactive from our core wounds. And then no no matter where we decide to influence ourselves in society, be a homemaker, a community maker, an executive, a a coach, an author, wherever you're tuning up, that if you're coming from a more healed place, you will be less reactive to things that are going on and more centered. And then you will anchor in stability. Then it will be far easier to manifest your visions because you're being much more calm in all situations. And you can then naturally steer things from a much more grounded, stable place rather than being hotly volatile and reactive. And when everyone comes closer to their core and their center, and more in the heart space without being reactive, then we start to get to a place called coherence. And coherence is simply when you're in the in the field of love uh, and the heart, and coherence and love is the magnetizing glue of the entire universe. The universe, the one song, is, is made from love. And so within the, in the universe, from within the one song, when you find your core purpose, it's in your heart, and you follow your passion, you enter into the field of love. And when you have more and more healed your wounded states, it's easier and easier to stay in the field of love. You enter coherence. And when you enter coherence, you enter with your with your purpose, which is your song, which is your, your note, your, your keynote of how you choose to be in the world. And that particular essence and frequency then finds its place in the grand symphony of, uh, you know, of life. And then you enter synchronicity. And this is when the magic of synchronicity begins to appear in your life. You enter flow. And as you enter flow, things happen more easily for you as life happens through you, not to you. The starting mm-hmm. point of that, of course, is healing our wounds mm-hmm. and then listening to our hearts, following our purpose, and setting a strong, positive, aligned, effortless intention that allows us to organize ourselves through our intentions and being a living example to others so that others might be inspired 
by how you are and who you are in the world and choose to want to um, uh, communicate and, and, and connect and create with you, forming part of your community. So the key is to develop the core, which is you. You initiate the seed and the frequency. You set the intention and you establish the morphogenic field. Then by your very act of who you, who have you be, who, how you've become and who you've become and what you're here to do and how you turn up in the world, there will be others inspired by this ideal and ideal and are called to action and, and, and uh, organize themselves around you because of who you are in the world, motivated simply by their ability to contribute their gifts to this project or this idea that you have, which gives them a sense of their fulfillment, of their purpose. And then this growing community, their combined attention and consciousness amplify this morphogenic field of the idea you have, find it creating a much greater magnetic current within the community of intent you have set up. And once you get past this level of community, it, it ripples out to the collective. And, and that's those who stand to gain from the utility, from the use case of the idea, of the intention. And as the public, you know, really begins to engage with whatever it is your vision is, your, your tool, your product, your program, your service, they further amplify the morphogenic field further, creating attractive fields in for others. Uh, and so the attention and consciousness fuel this massive proliferation of uh, new people who, who help drive this incredible, let's call it network effect, <laughs> but in the field, <laughs> the effect of consciousness. Uh, as more people come tuned to the idea. And so it's really very simple. It's these three concentric rings of, of the core, which is you, your idea, which can change the world, uh, and how you've grown and evolved as a person uh, to be you know, an inspiration for others who feel drawn to contribute their gifts to the project, forms the community, and then the collective forms around that. And so these three concentric rings permeate this unified field creating a beautiful right relationship with our community, with our earth, while fueling prosperity and abundance. And it's really as simple as that. Leader of one, leader of many. If you can't lead one, you can't lead any. Starts by identifying your triggers, uh, your, your uh, upsets, your frustrations, and reverse engineering them back to the core wound, healing and clearing the core wound, and then you become greater and greater harmony and coherence with the operational principles of the of of the universe, which is held together by natural law, and as you supported by a clear intention, uh, and you align yourself with the principles of natural law, and you start to formulate the core more and more as more people gather around your vision of a better world, you develop your core leadership vibrational essence. The community will start to rally around that, and then the collective. And as more of us begin to do that, we will start to change the world very very quickly as we start to see the world and dream it into being. Mm. So powerful, Christoph, so succinct and so accessible as always, so easy to follow into action, which is just one of your superpowers in my humble opinion. <laughs> I would call that one of your superpowers for sure. It occurs to me as I'm listening to you, uh, you know, especially about these three rings, that I don't know if you've heard this before, but a number of people lately have been speaking to me about 
some things they've tried over the past, I would say, you know, 10 to 20 years uh, towards this effort, but in a, in a little bit of a more non-coherent state, I would say. And it seems to me that they went about it almost in reverse. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard some of these things that tried to get off the ground, you know, they're, they're, um, one of the terminologies right now is the failed hippie movement, where you basically have a group of people, they they collect and they gather first, and then they decide, you know, what they want to do. And then something seems to happen that forces the destruction or the growth as a person where they end up back at this core place that you're telling us to start from. And they are forced to do the trigger work and they're forced to face the shadows and they're forced to, to sort of go back to this drawing board. And I love that you've distilled this in such a way that we don't need to go through any of that. We really have the map right here in front of us to become that evolved leader that you're talking about, to start with the core of you. I love how you've laid that out. It is so fantastic. I have one question about it. Sure. The When you get to the wounds, and just because this is uh, something I've spoken to so many people about, when you get to the wound and you get to that <clears throat> unhealed piece of pain or emotion that sits inside us as an attractor field, the question I have is how do you deal with it? How do you truly heal it? And how do you really know that it's healed? How do you know it's gone? Because one of the things I do hear over and over from people is, I, have you heard this? I thought I got it. I thought I did that. Mm-hmm. As you know, I'm uh, a very deep um, shamanic facilitator. I've been mm-hmm. uh, working uh, in the in this field of uh, shamanism for a lot of years, mm-hmm. doing a lot of ceremonies, and I I, I I have worked in the past with um you know I do a lot of work with psychedelics. You know I've mm-hmm. gone very deep journey with people. The human conditioning is very deep, and yeah. you know, it's 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 really tough to get to the core. Right, yeah. uh, and and a lot of um, therapies and a lot of things over there that you know can get people down through layers, uh, you know. But it's 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 challenging to get to the core unless you are brave enough to go mm. through the wound, not not to it, but through it. Mm. Now the issue is that fear sits around it, right? Yeah. And so <laughs> the the perception of fear often prevents people from going through the wound but because people talk about you need to face your fears. You don't need to face your fears. You know, facing your fears puts you, puts you in opposition to it. You have to go mm-hmm. through it. This means you have to experience the wound. This means this is this is why people who do this work, in my opinion, are so brave, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's, this, is, yeah. this is not easy stuff to go. And often you need a supportive, loving, facilitatory environment where you've got skilled practitioners and people around who can hold a coherent field. This is why group process work becomes so powerful because it's the power of the group that can hold the energy for for each other. Um, So what you need to do is you need to experience and recreate, experience the very inconvenient feelings you felt as a young child or whenever the wounding was that you've been avoiding your entire life. So what it is, it's just simply tracked uh, energy in the system of the of the emotions you were feeling at the time as a young child that did not leave your body. For example, in the uh, wild, a, if an animal gets attacked by a lion and it just has a near-death experience, what happens immediately after the hunt, if it escapes, is that if you watch a lecture program, you'll see the, the animal does what after the uh, after the attack? 
shakes and shakes and shakes and moves and shakes it off. What that animal is doing is shaking out the trauma mm-hmm. of the attack so that the trauma no longer resides in its physiology or its frequency. Right. Humans uh, don't, don't do this. We don't shake it out, so to mm-hmm. speak, as it, as it comes in. And what happens is it, is it, is it accumulates and cultivates in our, in our energy, free, uh, energy field and our mm-hmm. fascia and in our bones. And so these uh, traumatic pieces lie very deeply embedded in our unconscious mind and our fascia and our bones. So in order to go in there, if you're emotionally open enough and you can re-experience the pain of maybe your mother leaving uh, and you feeling alone and abandoned and you can and you can feel the aloneness and the abandonment and you can cry and you can wail and you can tone you can move the energy out of the system so you know processing in the bath by toning and then crying and then allowing it to release is a very powerful way to start getting down deep enough into the core and to get that the only way that you can tell if it is healed is when you start living life again and you are no longer triggered by the very thing that used to trigger you. That's yeah. that's your goalposts. And the best place to tell is how you are with your parents because your parents are the core of many of your issues playing out. So you want to know how things are going? Try turning up for, um, you know, let's call it um, Thanksgiving in America yeah. or Christmas <laughs> at home, and you can go home with your family uh, in your adult state with your brothers and sisters and your mother and your father, and you can go back in there and you're not triggered by anything that's going on around you. Then you know that you've probably done the enough healing work that has got to many of the core pieces that are kind of going on. So <laughs> we're in a um, living library uh, of experience and, and there's, there's no shortcuts here, but there are faster paths to take, right? Yep. But the principles remain the same. It's like... Um, cutting your hair, trying to get uh, the hair out of your head or even getting down to maybe shaving the head rather than pulling the hair follicle out. Right. When you pull the hair follicle out and you get the bulb, yeah. then you've got the root. Yeah. And the root, the root is where you've got to get to. The root is the bulb. The bulb is the wound. And mm-hmm. cutting hair with these other therapies or even shaving it, getting closer, doesn't get the bulb. You've mm-hmm. got to go down and get the root and the bulb and pull it. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, it's not easy. And this is why we've developed one of our one of our shamanic initiations is called the root initiation. It's literally designed to go down and, and get the root um, because of the initiation we we created about that. And, and initiations have been lost in um yeah. in human society. You know, as it would, people would the indigenous cultures would have initiations to move people through certain stages of life and uh we, Alaya and I, who, of course, we've spent time with you and Colin at, uh, in your home, you know, mm-hmm. we, we were a great believer in initiations in some of the old ways. And yeah. so we try, we try to create these for people um, and, and bring back initiation to, to get to the mm-hmm. core, to get to the root. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the only way uh, is, is to get clear. And then the tell, uh, hey, I've cleared this, is that you no longer get triggered by the things you used to get triggered by. Mm-hmm. What happens as you do more and more and more of this work is you become more and more centered. You, it less and less shakes you from center. So the first thing you have to do is, is to find center. Um, on my um, website, I have something called the morning ritual. Within that, I teach people about Hara, how to get into Hara. Hara is a dimension where you, you actually find your center. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's it's instant stillness. It's There's no thoughts in Hara because you're a dimension deeper than the auric field. 
So finding that space is often a revelation for people who have been trying to meditate because often pe people are meditating, mm -hmm. sitting in lotus with the third eye. And <laughs> the problem is that you're in the auric field. Then that's where thoughts reside is in the third level of the auric field. Hara is deeper than that. So you, you find, find your center and then you'll quickly know when you're out of center, i.e. when you're triggered, thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. coming up that are creating anxiety, worry, doubt, fear, shame, whatever those things are. Yeah. And then do the deeper reverse engineering work like I laid out before, thoughts, mm -hmm. feelings, beliefs, unmet needs down to the uh, or trauma, down to the wound. Mm -hmm. And then when you can get to, if you can track what the wound is, I'll, I'll give yourself permission to feel the pain of what you've been holding on to and let it go by releasing the emotion around it. And when you can do that, you'll start to track out the, the stored up electrical energy. When people are highly reactive is because they've got a very painful wound and it's charged full of powerful electric energy of emotion, right? That's why they can you can say one thing that's seemingly innocuous and you get this tornado coming back at you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> painful trauma or wounding still highly leveraged in the system. And that's just for potent electrical energy of emotion that needs to be released. And, mm. and if you can do that in a, at home, in a bath or in, a, in your bedroom alone or with support, you're going to start to defrag out some of that excessive electrical energy that's creating the traumatic, traumatic effects in the body. Yeah. It will bring you into closer, closer into the center. And, and that, in, in, in my estimation, is freedom. When I'm talking about freedom and and seeking freedom and valuing freedom that's the ultimate freedom it is the ultimate freedom ultimate freedom ultimate freedom I, I we have to wrap up in a few minutes i know but i just I, I can't let you go just yet just yet because i'm very curious your quick opinion just a quick opinion on this so much in the world today um you know people are talking about beliefs and they're talking about subconscious beliefs and there's there's a lot out there around shifting your subconscious beliefs hypnotherapy uh, is one of the tools in great practice today and various uh renditions of and new creations centered around the same idea or principle how does that relate to what you're sharing with us today too i mean can you so just why, go yeah go i can i can explain it very simply Please. Why would you focus on subconscious beliefs when you don't deal with the wound? Because the beliefs are still going to be there as long as the wound is there. You can temporarily shift beliefs, but down in the, in the unconscious mind, the, the core belief is linked to the core wound. Unless right. you the core wound, you're still going to have a, a, a fragment of the belief that's going mm -hmm. to just, just comes back around again. So yeah. while they can be useful and you might get some temporary surface level stuff improving, you'll never get true freedom until you get to the wound. The wound is the core and the core belief sits in the wound. You can't yeah. separate them out. So um, the beliefs are like putting a band, uh, uh, shifting beliefs is mm -hmm. great because you're mm -hmm. shifting your antennae a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. But you're never going to get a full movement from 99 FM down to 78 FM until, mm -hmm. you, get to, until you get to the core wound. Uh, because the beliefs will still reside in the subconscious mind uh, as long as the core wound is still there. That's why you've got to get to the root. You get, right. to, the, you get to the root, you get to the root, then mm -hmm. all the beliefs that will lay it on top instantly disappear. Right. Right. Then, then you've got true freedom. Mm -hmm. Oh, my favorite thing in the whole world. Oh, Christoph, what a time. I've just appreciated this so much. Do you have any final thoughts you feel inspired to share before we wrap up for today? No, uh, other than well, yeah, I'll, I'll do one closing comment, right? You know, and and if if you dream of uh, your life being in a, a better 
place or and, and even are able to think beyond yourself into your family and into your community and ultimately the world mm. you know it starts with you you are the cause and creator of your reality and as soon as you can shift the understanding and comprehension that life is not happening to me randomly mm-hmm. it's happening through me purposely and precisely operating through natural law and you take personal responsibility for your irritations and upsets and you do the inner work that goes down to the core and releases it, you will start to find yourself in a new, great, wonderful world. And then all these incredible things will begin to miraculously happen around you as you enter greater coherence, greater flow, and greater synchronicity. Mm. Mm. Such a fabulous conversation. Thank you so much. I so appreciate you being here with us today and sharing your exceptional wisdom so generously. Thank you, Christoph. You're so welcome. It's so kind. And I look forward to, yeah, potentially catching up again on some other point and maybe catching your listeners around if they feel a resonance with anything that's been shared. Yeah, you might uh, come and check out some of the stuff I was sharing earlier on the show with those links. Please do, everybody. And Christoph did mention on his website, which is Christoph.love, I believe, mm-hmm. his morning meditation ritual. His morning ritual is life-changing. I Go and check it out. I really, really encourage you. All awesome. right, everybody. There's, a, there's, a, there's that gift there, christoph.love forward slash superpowers, and you can check out the full uh, evolutionary leadership manifesto there. Thank you, uh, Mariki. It's been a pleasure to uh, connect with you again and all the listeners, and I look forward to uh, being with you again another time. Absolutely. I'm going to go check out that manifesto myself. All right, everyone. Thank you all for being here with us too. As always, I I hope today's episode serves your highest possible good and inspires some of your own thoughts and ideas about the art of spiritual leadership and becoming the evolutionary leader in your own life first. And of course, talking about spiritual leadership is also the perfect time to talk about CIFA. CIFA stands for Creative Energy Field Activation. And if you have not yet gifted yourself a free CIFA experience, please head on over to superpowerexperts.com to learn more about it today. Until next time, keep unlocking your own superpowers of the soul and use them to build a life and a world you love. Much love and many blessings to you. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.